to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hello, Dan. Yeah, all good over here. Um, off last week, but back with an absolutely banging show today. Um, we're right in, in the middle of the playoffs, which I think is one of the best sort of weeks, 10 days of the season, in my opinion, as a, as a bit of an EFL fan. Um, combine that with the Champions League semi-finals, a top four race and a, and a wonderful relegation battle. Um, the missus is not happy. There's probably quite a few men out there that's got a missus that's not quite happy because football's on every night. Uh, but but it's my, I'm, I'm in my element. Me, I'm loving it. Um, went to watch Barnsley away at Bolton on Saturday. More about that game later on in the show, but I came away very happy uh, and I absolutely can't wait for Friday night. I'm nervous already, uh, but I can't wait for Friday night. Uh, one game away from Wembley. Now, I know I often say it's a bumper show. This really is a bumper show. We've got so much to talk about, which means last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, another bleak week for Spurs and now there's no Julian Nogsman either. How have things been with you this past week? Yeah, um, unfortunately not the best in terms of um, on the Spurs front, you know, disappointing defeat against Aston Villa as well. Obviously, kind of really, um, you know, deals a massive blow to our hopes of getting into Europa League. I would like to be in that competition next season, but look, I think Brighton have been fantastic this season. I think they're going to deserve to be in it. Obviously, Liverpool are going to be there as well. Um, so, yeah, real shame on the Spurs front. Julian Nagelsmann as well, not being the next Spurs manager. He was someone I really wanted at Spurs. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of hope at, at Spurs at the moment. But, um, look, I'm looking forward to kind of looking ahead to other football. Um, I'm really excited for, for the Manchester City game. Obviously, that takes place this evening. You know, listeners might be knowing what the, what the result is. And hopefully it was a fantastic game. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that one and uh, obviously all the other football to come as well. Absolutely. Right. That's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's go to the Etihads, and not because Manchester City are Premier League champions elect, but because they host Real Madrid in the Champions League this evening. Craig, one all in the first leg. Is this one as simple as backing the home win odds of three to five? Uh, no, Dan, it's not at all. It's it's one of those very strange games where the very short answer is: if you ask me who I think will win the game, then I say Manchester City, and and if you ask me who I'm backing to win the game, then I say Real Madrid. Um. I think if you look at this from the perspective of who's the better team, then we'll talk about Manchester City. Look at it, who's the talk, like a, a better bet on the night, then we need to talk about Real Madrid. Go back a few weeks when Manchester United played Seville in the Europa League. And we all said, I think, pretty much that United were the better side on paper and they were favourites for a reason. But we're talking about a Spanish team that knew that competition inside out. And that's why we, we said that we thought that they'd, they'd win. And, and I remember Jamie sort of, I think he put them up, uh, them to win and, and keep a clean sheet at 9-2 to two or massive or whatever it were. And this is exactly the same type of game. Um, 
at this Madrid team, I, I liken them, but for the Champions League sort of version of Sevilla in many ways. Uh, they thrive in this competition. Yes, they've lost La Liga, uh, but they're built for this stage. You know, they're, they're built to win games like this. And as I've sort of said, I think City are the most likely winners, but Real Madrid are 9-2 to win in 90 minutes, and they're 11-4 to to qualify. Now, I just can't leave them at that. Um, City are 1-4 to to qualify. I think it's a dreadful price. I do think that City are the most likely winners, but both the 9-2 and 11-4 to on Real Madrid for those two bets are the two bets that I will place on the game. OK, and Jamie, long-time listeners will know that you are aware of your love for all things Real Madrid. You backed him to win mm. last season's Champions League. I think, as a collective, we've learned never to write them off. When I did my notes, they were to qualify or to 5-2. to two. Would you still back that? Yeah. Do you know what? I think I'm going to go with Manchester City here. Um, I think Craig's totally right in everything he says about how Real Madrid, they know this competition and, and you should never kind of write them off. And, um, you know, there is kind of a bit of a bit of me that does think that I, I, you shouldn't back Manchester City here. And obviously you've got to be, or certainly approach this game with a bit of caution. Um I just think that kind of everything now points towards Man City winning this one. I think you look at the form of both teams at the moment. I mean, Man City, they've been on this unbelievable run. And I think that just because they have been so good recently and they have really hit top form now, um, I think that that's why they will come out on top here. Obviously, Madrid in the league, um, we, we know they're going to be a very different team in the Champions League. So that that's, as I said, a bit of caution needs to, have, needs to be had there. Um, but I just think that at the Etihad... Um, I think given how good City are at the moment, I just think they'll overcome this Real Madrid side with Ancelotti, who, who, as we said, knows how to kind of get through these games. But this Manchester City team, I just think will be too good. And I think we're going to see a really exciting game. I don't think Manchester are going to have it all their own way. I think it is going to be Real Madrid are going to make it really difficult for them. And I think they'll just make it through uh, Man City if they do do that. So, yeah, I'm going to back Manchester City here, but uh, it's a really difficult one to call given... um, Madrid's pedigree in this competition but uh, yes I'm, I'm back in Man City to advance here yeah I think this is the kind of game where you're glad the away goals rule doesn't count anymore obviously with it being 1-0 in the first leg had Man City had that away goal in seasons gone by that might have tilted the balance of power even further but we could see a 2 all draw for example and it still goes to extra time maybe even penalty so as you say Jamie hopefully it's going to be an absolute cracker but Craig regardless of who comes out on top at the Etihad does the eventual winner of the tournament come from this fixture or is there going to be a relative shock and it's Inter Milan instead? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case that the winner of this tie wins the Champions League. And I think it's another betting angle for anyone who does like Real Madrid here. Um, whoever wins this game will be very strong favourites to lift the trophy. Real Madrid are 4-1 to one to win the Champions League as of now. So that's sort of a further boost to the 11-4 to four to qualify price for, for this evening's game. If you want to take it up another notch... Um, I think there's a pretty big golfing class between these two and Inter Milan. I would have been saying the same had AC Milan qualified as well, which they haven't done. Um, I just think the winner definitely comes from here. Um, and yeah, if you like Real Madrid to qualify at 11 to four, and you want to add a little bit more, then they're they're four to one to win the Champions League at the minute, um, which obviously means qualifying tonight and then going on to win the trophy. Well, another bet that you can make at 4-1, to one, Jamie, is Ilkay Gundogan being on the score sheet. He's certainly been the man at the moment for Man City in the past couple of weeks. Would you back him to get on the score sheet on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, firstly, really impressive. You know, it's been so impressive recently and got a lot of the plaudits that he's rightly deserved. Um, obviously, I think a lot of people have been kind of saying how underrated he is. And um, yeah, look, he's really stepped up at the right time for City. 
netted braces in his last two league games. So that's been really impressive. Um, I'm going to look elsewhere, though, for this one. I'm going to go for Kevin De Bruyne. Um, he's at 3-1 to one to score any time. Um, he's a guy who's, who's really stepped up in the big moments for City this season. Obviously, we saw him score in the first leg against Madrid. Um, he scored in both games against Arsenal as well. So, as I said, when they've needed him, he's, he's really stepped up. And um, I think at the Etihad, I think he, he'll get another goal. And 3-1, uh, to one, I do really like that price. So, I'm going to go for Kevin De Bruyne for, for my pick of an anytime goal scorer. A top shout there. But let's stay on Wednesday night and go from the Champions League to the Championship playoffs. Middlesbrough and Coventry played out a 0-0 draw on Sunday. Now, Craig, can Michael Carrick's men make best use of home advantage and reach Wembley with a 90-minute win or to 5-6? to six? Yeah, really disappointed that this game's dropped on the same day as the Manchester City game because I think it's a bit... Uh, a, a very intriguing sort of clash of styles. Probably one for the purists, I'll be honest. It's not going to be free-flowing football, but I'm disappointed I've been missing this game. Um, I think Middlesbrough come out on top, but I do think you need to be very cautious around Coventry. Um, they're a team that are set up perfectly to play away from home. They love playing without the football. Uh, they're incredibly tough to break down. They've got a very good shape about them. And they're probably one of the very few teams in, in all the English leagues where I would be more inclined to back them away from home uh, than backing them at home. I, I felt like when I watched the game on Sunday, they were a bit in no man's land because they wanted to stick to their own play and their style. They let Middlesbrough have a lot of the ball. But at the same time, they knew that they needed to do a bit of attacking because they were at home. And that was their opportunity to take something with them for the away leg. So I just thought they were a bit sort of unsettled. This game is absolutely perfect for them. They're away from home. They don't want the ball. They'll let Middlesbrough have the ball. They'll sit back. They'll try and soak everything up. And then they're going to have one or two, maybe three attempts to really break quickly on the counter-attack. And they'll look to score from those. Ultimately, I don't think it will be a success. But they're a very dangerous team away from home. Um, for, any, for anyone who's not seen them play and how they play, they'll just sit in. They'll let Middlesbrough play, play with the ball all day, all day long. And they'll just wait for that one or two opportunities to get. So they're a dangerous team. I just think Middlesbrough will sneak it. OK, and Jamie, it was a no-scoring affair in the first leg. Will it be a low-scoring affair in the second? If you were to offer the listeners a 90-minute result and over-under goal combo bet, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to go with Craig here. I, I, I agree in terms of I think Middlesbrough will come out on top, but I do think that Coventry will pose a bit of a threat. And I think Middlesbrough, they're going to have to score a couple here if they're going to come out on top. So I'm going to go for a Middlesbrough win and over 2.5 goals and get that at 2-1. to one. Um, As we said, I do think that Coventry can come here and pose a bit of a threat. But I do think that Middlesbrough, every time I've kind of seen them under Michael Carrick, they've really impressed me. Obviously, this is you know, a magnificent turnaround. And for me, I think they probably are the side that, that deserve to kind of um, go up through the playoffs, as I said, just really look really good under Michael Carrick. He's you know, a fantastic manager. Um, I do hope they do it. I, I really like Michael Carrick. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to do it. And I think they'll do it with over 2.5 goals at 2-1. to one. Now, 48 hours later than that, it's Barnsley versus Bolton in the League 1 semi-final second leg. And who better to give the tail of the tape than our very own Oakwell expert, that being Craig. Now, if you can try and take the emotion out of the occasion, what bets should our listeners be looking to place? Yeah, I love it, Dan. Two two things that have really, really, really delighted me about this podcast. First of all, we're talking about Barnsley in the first segment. That's that's wonderful. But secondly, how we've just brushed over Sheffield Wednesday playing on Thursday. We'll not mention them. That game's well over and done with. Um, so, yeah, looking back at the first leg, I'll be honest, it, it went better than expected. Um, every Barnsley fan would have taken a draw before the game. Um, but we didn't only take a draw. I thought we created the better opportunities. Um, I think Bolton can play better. 
But at the same time, Barnsley are a much better team at home. Um, Oakwell's already sold out, but I'll put that in, in big inverted commas because sadly the, the police won't allow home fans into the other half of the away stand. So you'll see on TV on Friday night a sold-out ground that's got about 5,000 empty seats there, sadly, um, which is a, a real shame and, and something we saw at Bolton as well in the first leg. Uh, Barnsley were heavily restricted on tickets for the top tier only, yet the bottom tier of, of what is essentially the away stand had got tons of empty seats. Um, but despite that, he should really be bouncing. We've had a, a few big, massive sort of clashes down at Oakwell. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Plymouth, Derby, just to name a few. And, and the crowd were absolutely fantastic. So I'm hoping for a big atmosphere. Um, my worry going into the playoffs was that we've been sort of cruising there with nothing to play for. And how would we sort of react to flicking the switch back on and, and playing a big game after that? But I thought on Saturday it was really good. I thought there was sort of high-intensity football. And it gave me a lot of hope, you know. Um, we lost our last two games at home when we were going through the, the sort of cruising period. Uh, but prior to that, we'd won nine in a row. We'd scored 28 goals in those nine games, which means we're averaging over three goals a game at home. Um, so after saying all of that, I do think we edge it. You know, take away the emotion. And I, I do think Barnsley win this game. Uh, the betting market's pretty much spot on. We're, we're just below evens. If you want to add a bit more, then I would be looking to add over 2.5 goals to that, if anything, uh, which takes the bet to 9-4. to four. I just think that, you know, Barnsley do score goals at home. At some point, we will force Bolton to attack us. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if we went up and, and continue to uh, to score when, when Bolton are throwing things at us. Um, I think we should have had a couple on Saturday. Uh, so I, I think we will attack more here. Which is, which is another pointer towards the goals, really. Uh, last thing I'll mention, if you're looking at a goal scorer in the game, one thing about Barnsley is their strikers don't really score a lot of goals, um, which is quite strange when you think that Barnsley finished fourth in the league. But if you watch us and you'll notice that a lot of our build-up plays sort of around the edge of the box, um, we, we build up quite slowly around the edge of the box. And when balls do come into the box, there's often two or three Barnsley players waiting on the edge of the box. As we scored on Saturday, you know, the ball crossed into the box on Saturday to Devante Cole he got his back to goal but he got two players on the edge of the box waiting for him found one of them and we scored um, with all that in mind I'll put up a, a score anytime scorer as well which is Luke O'Connell um, perhaps not the first name on many people's list but he is for me uh, he's got a brilliant left foot on him he's a defensive midfielder but he's often sort of mopping up around the edge of the box um, very what I would call a big game player used to play for Bolton as well in his younger days so he'd, he'd love to get one over on them um, he's six to one to score any time, which sort of reflects the fact that he's a defensive midfielder. But I think if there's a ball sort of bobbling on the edge of the box, he's he's one of the maybe one or two players that's likely to be there and uh, and having a pot. We scored the most goals from the from outside the area in the four four English divisions, by the way, this season, which sort of adds another thing to that as well. Um, I'll shut up now because I've started rambling, which probably shows me nerves. Some cracking insight all the same though. Jamie, you're a fully paid up member of the Barnsley bandwagon. As Craig mm. mentions, it was a one-all draw in the first leg on Saturday. It arguably tees up very nicely for Barnsley to get the job done. Would you be bold enough to back the home win in 90 minutes, odds of 19 to 20? Yeah, well, look, I was um, obviously given Barnsley's ties to this show. I, I did try to catch most of the game. And uh, from what I saw, I think Barnsley were the team that were kind of pushing most for, for getting a goal and, and maybe trying to come out with the win. Obviously, it did end in a draw that game. And, uh, you know, I know, Craig, you mentioned before, you would have taken a draw. And I do think this sets it up perfectly for Barnsley to advance. Obviously, with the game being at home, um, we mentioned as well, Oakwell been really impressive this season. 
70% win, win percentage there. So I think that that will definitely stand them in good stead. Um, you look at Bolton as well. They've not travelled particularly well this season. They've won just nine of 23 games. Um, obviously, the head-to-head between the two sides is a little bit of a concern. Um, I think Bolton came out on top um, in one of them, and I think the other one was a draw as well. So that's a bit of a concern in, in terms of Barnsley going through. But I just think that the fact that they've got this, you know, such a good um, win percentage at Oakwell this season, I think that will stand them in good stead. Um, and I do think they'll come out on top here. Right, we're going to go bet building once again, and it could be one that crowns the champions as Manchester City play host to Chelsea, and we're going to look to construct another winner. So, Craig, as always, you're up first this week. What have you got for me in terms of an anytime goal scorer? Riyad Mahrez for me here is priced at 15 to 8. Um, good luck in sort of working out where Pep Guardiola is going to go with his team selection here. Um, so, I'm hoping that Mahrez is involved from the start. I've had him a few times, to be honest, in, in the bet builder when we've covered Manchester City games, and I just think for me, you, you can't really put Haaland in there, but when you look elsewhere, of the sort of wide attacking options that City have, I think he's the best goal scorer they've got. Uh, we often see the likes of sort of Grealish, Foden, Bernardo Silva, maybe coming inside and looking to play people in. Whereas I just think that Mahrez is a, a little bit more direct uh, and he's certainly more inclined to have a go himself than, than try and set other people up. Um, so hopefully he starts, hopefully he scores for us. Uh, Mahrez at 15 to 8 for me. Okay, and Jamie, I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, look, recently we've kind of seen Chelsea open up and uh, in each of their last three games, we've seen over 3.5 goals. Um, of course, in Manchester City, we know their goal-scoring price started average nearly three goals a game this season. So that's obviously really impressive. So I think this will be a game where we'll see lots of goals. Um, and once again, I'm going to go for over 3.5 uh, as my pick here. Okay, then I'm going to go with the first half to have the most goals. Now, assuming this game acts as the coronation for City, they're not going to want to waste any time, and this means Chelsea could well be put to the sword early on. Should Pep's men find a first-half advantage, it's not something that's going to rally the Chelsea troops for a fight back in the second. Instead, I can only see it being them wiltering at the Etihad further on, which means three more points are in touching distance as the clock ticks down with the tempo of the game. It all leads to City winning a fifth title in six years and more goals in the first half is currently priced at odds of 2-1. to one. OK, then, just to recap, our three picks. Craig has gone for Riyad Mahrez to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 total goals. I've gone for more goals in the first half. This one is priced at 14-1, to one, which means £10 on the betting slip, £150 in your back pocket if it gets over the line. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, in seasons gone by, this could have been a huge hurdle for Manchester City to clear, but it's going to be a big ask for Chelsea to act as party poopers. Yeah, he's, he's certainly sort of City all the way for me in this one. I think you're right, though, what you're saying. You'd, you'd be looking at this, and f- first of all, you wouldn't be sort of really nailing your colours to the mass before Manchester City play Real Madrid. Um, and then you would be wondering what happened in that game. You know, the highs of reaching a Champions League final, do they slightly take City's eye off the ball, and, and does that give Chelsea a chance? Or the lows have been knocked out in a semi-final. Does that take City sort of down a, a couple of notches and give Chelsea a chance there? But what I would say is, even if Manchester City crash out on Wednesday night in the worst possible way, let's say they lose 11-10 on a penalty shootout, the, the effect of that will disrupt this team. But I still don't think the effect of that would be enough for to stop them from beating Chelsea, such is this Chelsea team at the minute. I just... The way I see it is that whatever happens for Manchester City on Wednesday, even if it's worst-case scenario, they will still win this game. Obviously, if it's, if it's better for them and they've got the positive, then I think they've even more chance of winning the game. Um, Chelsea, you know, we've mentioned it for weeks now, nothing to play for. 
There's, there's nothing about them. There's no intent. There's no sort of style of play. They're just counting down the days to the season end. They know there's massive changes in the summer and they just want to get there. Um, I just see nothing but three points for City here. We must have a quick chat about Mauricio Pochettino becoming the next Chelsea manager. The terms are agreed. Do you reckon he'll be able to turn things around rather quickly? Or do you think next season is going to be a transitional one as he works out what his best team is? I think he's got a massive job on his hands here, Pochettino. And uh, look, I hope it's worth kind of tarnishing his, his Spurs reputation for, um, obviously, as a Spurs fan, I'm gutted to see him go there. Um, but look, it's obviously Spurs haven't approached him. So look, he's obviously well within his rights to, to kind of take up a job. Obviously, back in London as well, I think that will help. Um, look, I, I think with Chelsea, it's obviously a great example of a, of a club that has all this money, but the most important thing is having a plan in place. And they just don't seem to have that Chelsea you know, obviously they've tried to do that and getting in all these directors and stuff and obviously signing, you know, younger players, but it's not quite worked at the moment. Um, it really feels like they've tried to skip, the, you know, this long kind of rebuild that was needed by just buying players really quickly. Um, but what that's done is kind of left them with lots of unhappy players in the dressing room because the squad's so big. Then, of course, you've got lots of players there who are still trying to adjust their new surroundings, obviously trying to fit into a team. And, and, and as a team, they just don't look like anything that's kind of, you know, any cohesion at all there. So, you know, Pochettino has got to come in here and, and start to, like, try to build stuff. Um, obviously, maybe move players on as well is going to be really important. But he's, he, he's good at that, Pochettino. Obviously, did a great job at Spurs in terms of rebuilding the team. Um, and that's exactly what they need to do here. Obviously, a guy who's good at working with younger players as well. I think he's going to come in with a bit of respect in the dressing room. I think with Graham Potter, there was maybe, you know, the fact that he'd only been at Brighton. I think that there was kind of a lack of respect there from, from the Chelsea players. I think with Pochettino, yes, of course, he hasn't, you know, done a huge deal in terms of winning silverware in his career. But, you know, he's obviously taken spurts to the Champions League finals, done well at PSG as well. So he'll have that respect. But uh, I think next season is going to be big for him because it's going to be another rebuilding season. It's not going to happen quickly. Um, and, and maybe the one concern from that is Chelsea fans are very demanding. They're very used to having, you know, success. They're used to, you know, maybe having that one off season, but then being back straight away. And uh, I don't think they're going to have that. So it's going to have big pressure from the supporters. But uh, I think overall, I think Pochettino can do it. I think he can rebuild this team. Um, there's lots of good players in this team. You just need to kind of have the right manager. And uh, Poch, I think, might be able to do that. But as I said, I think there's there's a long way to go still before they start back. They're back competing for for the big prizes. Now, Craig, if you're looking at Sunday's game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see events unfolding at the Etihad? Yeah, it's pretty short for this kind of bet. But at four to five, uh, I just feel like I'm going to keep this one very simple and go with City half-time, City full-time. Um, as you sort of alluded to when we were going through the bet builder, I think they'll dominate from start to finish, but it wouldn't at all surprise me to see a very quick start and, and then get on the board quite early. Um, Chelsea are incredibly fragile at the back, which is probably the politest way to put it, really. Um, I, I just can't see them being able to keep City out for 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of simple and easy and not the best odds, but um, four to five for City half-time, City full-time is where I'd be. OK, then, Jamie, the PFA Player Award will be handed out soon. Erling Haaland is 1-50 to 50 on to scoot the award. Now, obviously, an obscene amount of goals, but has he necessarily gone above and beyond his own talent? Is there a better deserving player to get the award, or should it go to the Norwegian? Mm, I, I think it has to, unfortunately. I mean, I would love to kind of look elsewhere and, and see if there is maybe a, an alternative, but I don't think there is. I think, you know, to have scored the amount of goals he has, obviously breaking the record for most Premier League goals in one season... 
yeah, it has to go to Erling Haaland. Um, De Bruyne might have been another shout as well. I think he's kind of gone a little little bit under the radar. Obviously, he's, he's so fantastic that, you know, even even by his standards, he, you know, he can't quite go under the radar. He's got 18 assists and seven league goals this season. So he's been really impressive. Um, obviously, for the Arsenal lot, Odegaard, um, I think, would have been in with a great shout had they have maybe put in a strong, you know, not fallen apart quite how they have done over recent weeks. Obviously, Bakayo Saka up there as well. But uh, yeah, I think the way that they've kind of let themselves down over in recent weeks is why they won't be anywhere near this this award. Um, but Haaland, 36 goals. You know, I, th- I think he has to win it, of course. Yeah, I think I'm probably being a bit hypercritical here. I guess the question really is, if he was to do the same next season, would that be enough for the award? Because you're thinking if that's the benchmark and he's simply matched it, even though it's an incredibly high benchmark, would you then look elsewhere? And I guess it's another question of, can Haaland do the same next season? But we haven't got time for that. We need to move swiftly on because it's time for our long shot acker. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And Craig, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's a, a big game that could have massive implications at the bottom of the Premier League for me. And I'm going to go with Nottingham Forest to beat Arsenal Ooh. at 19-4, to four, which is almost 5-1. to one. And I just think it's too big to ignore. Um, for me, this game's got the hallmarks of of one where we're going to see a surprise. Um, Arsenal have been on such an emotional roller coaster for the past few months. They had some massive highs. Uh, they've had some big lows recently as well. And I just think that they look like a team that just want it all over and done with now that the title's gone. Um, Brighton are a very good side. You know, they deservedly beat Arsenal the other day, but that was also partly down to Arsenal's performance. And I just think Arsenal looked like a a bit of beaten team at the end of that game. Um, who wants to go sort of away to a relegation fighter near the end of the season? No one. But especially if you've got nothing to play for and especially if you're not in the sort of right frame of mind and I don't think Arsenal are. Um, the Nottingham Forest crowd's going to be incredibly loud here. They've won the last two at home. Their players should see this as a genuine shot to stay up and in the league. Uh, win here and Leicester can't catch them. They win here and, and Leeds must win their last two games to catch them, which puts an enormous amount of pressure on Leeds. I just think it's a massive opportunity for Forrest. Yeah, you know, look at these two teams on paper and, and Arsenal have got more than enough to win this game. But I just think this is the right time for Nottingham Forest, completely the wrong time for Arsenal, who, who want things over and done with. And I think at nearly 5-1, to one, it, it's, it's a massive chance and a, a massive price for us to, to throw in the uh, long shot. A bold start there. But Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Mm. Yeah, well, look, obviously the title wrapped up for Manchester City now. Uh, I've got to go back to supporting Spurs and uh, I think it's going to be another difficult afternoon for Spurs here. Um, On the weekend, they face Brentford um, and I think this is a Brentford side who will beat Spurs. They've got wins over Chelsea, Forest and West Ham recently. I thought they were unlucky to lose Anfield, obviously only losing 1-0 there. Um, So they've been good recently, obviously been fantastic all season as well. Um, and uh, look, Spurs, they were defeated on the weekend by Aston Villa. Um, obviously, a Villa side who are playing very well when it was at Villa Park, but I thought the performance was was really poor from Spurs. They showed very little in terms of attack, you know, in, in terms of front of, in front of goal. So that was really disappointing. I think it's going to be a really toxic stadium um, on the weekend as well. I think that that will play a factor. I think Spurs fans are just utterly frustrated by our situation at the moment. I think the Nuggetsman news certainly hasn't helped either. The Pochettino news, we've got him going to Chelsea, hasn't helped. So I think kind of all that's going to come into effect. And uh, I think Brentford will come on top here um, and he can get that at three to one. OK, then I'm off to the Camp Nou as newly crowned Liga champions Barcelona play host to Real Sociedad. And they are currently fourth in the table and looking to earn a place in next season's Champions League. 
Now, on the face of it, a trip to the Camp Nou is never ideal, but this may actually be the best time for El Sociedad to travel there. On one hand, Xavi's men could show everyone why they are the champions. On the other hand, it could be an opportunity to rest and rotate the home side and play with less intensity. Something that the latter option would certainly help Real Sociedad's aim to finish in the top four and three points would boost it even more. Therefore, I'm backing the away win odds of 10-3. to 3. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now. And first up, we go to St James's Park as Newcastle play host to Brighton. A win for the Magpies would almost get them over the top four line. A win for the Seagulls would boost their top six hopes. Craig, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I think this is going to be such a good game to watch. Uh, both teams capable of, of playing very, very well. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say that we've seen the odd slip-up from them both recently too. Um, so that adds a bit of intrigue to it as we go into it. Um, I'll be honest, I can't split them. Um, I'm going to go with a draw here at 14-5. to 5. I don't think either of the three possible results would be classed as a surprise. Um, Brighton should come here in a great mood after a, a win over Arsenal. Um, Newcastle so close to the top four. But they're here on the back of a run that's not seen them win any of the last two games. Um, I think if this is at Brighton, I would fancy Brighton. But away from home, I think I'm going to go with the draw. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'd be a very good game, but I can't split them. So I'll go with the draw. Yeah, I'm meant to be going to this game, but Royal Mail haven't sent my ticket yet. So if you are listening the postie, please get it sent before Thursday. Anyway, Jamie, let's move on. Because something to consider before kickoff is that there have been over 2.5 goals in seven of Newcastle's last eight and in six of Brighton's last seven league outings. So, are you following the same trend on Thursday at odds of 8-13? to 13? Yeah, look, I, I think I've got exactly the same notes as Craig here. I, I think it's going to be really difficult to split these two teams. I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Um, between these two teams have obviously really, you know, kind of overperformed this season in terms of how we all expected them to do. I think they've been fantastic, both of them. Um, look, in terms of the goals, I think Newcastle, they've been shipping goals recently, which is a bit of a surprise. Considering that, and I think earlier in the season they had been really good defensively, and um, you look at a lot of their defenders, they've been fantastic at, at times. Um, so it is a surprise to see that. Obviously, conceding twice against Leeds, twice against Arsenal, um, and they conceded in each of their last eight matches. So that's a bit of a surprise. You look at Brighton coming into this one, obviously, they conceded five against um, Everton, it was, and then, of course, you know, themselves in terms of scoring goals, they scored three against Arsenal. So I think this game is going to be kind of lots of goals here. Um, so I'll definitely be backing over 2.5 goals. I think as well, I do think the draw is, is, the, out, is the, the way the game is going to end here. Um, and I'm going to go for a draw and over 2.5 goals at 17-2. to 2. I do like that price a lot. Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting one. And uh, yeah, I think it will end in a draw with lots of goals. Yeah, I like the sound of that one very much, actually. But Saturday, Craig, you've already mentioned Nottingham Forest are going to beat Arsenal. Is it really a sense that Forest have it all to play for and Arsenal have nothing to play for? Yeah, that's exactly it, really. Um, I think Nottingham Forest have, have played fairly well recently, but you know they've got everything to play for. The thing with Nottingham Forest is everything's in their own hands. They, they could potentially be safe this weekend. They know that three points probably give, well, neon certain give them safety anyway. It's like down to one game, go out there, get three points, and pretty much you're safe. Um, I think it's a very simple sort of equation for them. Um, whereas Arsenal, I, I just I don't think they'll they'll want to keep going to the end of the season. They'll want to to battle until everything's over. But ultimately, that performance against Brighton, as I sort of mentioned earlier on, Arsenal just look like a team that are, that are drained. They've they've had enough. You know, they've been in a, a very tough battle. They at one point looked pretty much certain to win the league in some people's eyes. Um, 
and then that sort of gradually got worse and worse and worse. And as it was just in for probably like, I don't know, six weeks now that the, the odds of Arsenal to win the league have been lengthening by the day, seemingly. And, and gradually they've got to a point now where, where things are not very good. Um, I, I just think this is... Arsenal would love to just not play the last couple of games of the season. Um, they just want to get away from it, regroup over the summer and come again next year and, and probably reflect on what has been actually a good season. You know, you ask any Arsenal player the management team, the fans, they would have all taken second at the start of the season, um, regardless of how close or far away they were from City. So I, I just think they look like a team that just want things to end, um, whereas they're up against a team that have got, you know, the fighting for the lives and they've got a, a genuine goal in front of them, you know, to win this game and, and they're pretty much Premier League next season, Nottingham Forest. So, yeah, I, I just think that's sort of coupled with the odds as well. I think Forest are massive at nearly 5-1. to one. Um, So, yeah, I, I do think Forest will win. Partly because of what they've got to play for, and partly because of of how Arsenal are sort of mentally after what's happened for the past few months. Now, Jamie, if you're looking at this game from an anytime goal scorer point of view, mm-hmm. what player takes your fancy? Now, the business will have plenty of options. There's no doubt about that. But maybe you may want to look at what the hosts can offer as well. Um, look, I'm definitely in agreement here. I think this has got all the hallmarks, but maybe an upset here. Um, we saw last season in terms of the, the, when these two teams met in the FA Cup. Um, at the City ground. Arsenal found it really difficult playing here. Obviously, this one is Saturday evening, kind of under lights on TV. I think Nottingham Forest fans and their players are going to be well up for it. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Arsenal's season pretty much over now and uh, they will want this season to end. So I, I do agree. I think this can be an upset here. And um, look, a player who I'm going to back here, I think, has been in really good form. He's netted braces in his last two matches. Uh, Taiwo Wani, I think that he'll, he'll get on the score sheet here. Um, and he's 3-1 to one to score any time. And uh, as I said, the form that he's in, I think that's quite a nice price. Yeah, I think it's a great price, actually. For all the factors that both of you have said, I don't think you'd be backing an Arsenal player. I think the, the Forest in the groove as they are last couple of weeks, that's probably the right person to go for. But let's go to Anfield now, as Liverpool play host to Aston Villa. Craig, it's now seven successive league wins for Liverpool. Would you be tempted by number eight? But both teams finding the net on Saturday, odds of 15-8. to eight. Yeah, you've got it half right, Dan. Uh, I like a Liverpool win here, but not with both teams scoring. Oh, really? Um, I'll take Liverpool to win to nil, which is seven to four. So very similar odds. Um, Villa have lost the last two away games one nil. They drew the game before that one one with Brentford. Uh, yes, I think they're playing very good football at the minute. They're pushing hard for Europe, but I also think we're starting to see a slight difference between them at home and away. I think they're edging to the point where they're a very good home team and a good away team. Um, I think this is the best we've seen from Liverpool all season. You know, I, the thing that struck me for Liverpool on on Monday night. Now, you know, they were playing Leicester. Who, Leicester sort of look as though maybe they resigned to relegation already. But Liverpool made things look easy again. You know, they, they look a scoring threat every time they go forward. They're relatively solid at the back once more, but they're making things look easy. Um, they, this is like the sort of I don't know if it's a bit of a like a, a swagger they've got about them at the minute that's been missing for the rest of the season. But they just they just look in the groove. Um, it's all pointing to a home win for me. But given the fact that Villa have not scored in the last two away games, maybe not quite as good away from home as what they are at home. Um, I'd rather add the clean sheet in to boost the odds. So it'd be a Liverpool win to nil at seven to four. Yeah, I think the way Liverpool were played over the lo- what last couple of months, the first couple of wins in this streak was pretty much free hits. Like the season's almost done. Just there's nothing to really worry about. Go out and play football, and then bit by bit, it's been a case of oh, actually, you know, top six looks safe, and then fifth looks secure, and then there's a sniff of fourth. So that kind of 
freedom to start with has then been generated into momentum, and that's led them to where they are now. So, Jamie, with that in mind, Liverpool's top four odds are as short as 11-8. to eight. They're still mm. not favoured by the bookmakers because they're still banking on Man United and Newcastle to do their job. So do you mm. think they've got this right, or can Liverpool at least take the race for the top four to the final week of the season? Yeah, I, I think Liverpool are just going to fall short here. Um, I think you have to give them big credit for putting such a run together. Obviously, it's been a difficult season for them overall. But look, seven wins in a row, really impressive. And they're doing it in the business end of the season. Um, I think the issue is, obviously, Newcastle and Man United both have games in hand. They obviously have points uh, ahead of Liverpool as well. But uh, if you ignore those, you know, the, the two games in hands and you look at the, the final two games that they have remaining in these two sides, Newcastle and Man United. Newcastle, they've got Leicester and Chelsea, um, two games which I think are very winnable for them. Man United, they've got Chelsea and Fulham. And again, two games which I think are very much winnable. And uh, as I mentioned, they've both got games in hand as well. So uh, as I think I don't see them dropping points in any of those games, either Manchester United or Newcastle. And uh, I think those two sides will, will just about get over the line. But uh, yeah, I think Liverpool will be unfortunate just to miss out. Obviously, as I said, putting together this really strong run of, of seven wins in a row. Um, I think they will get another win here against Villa. But uh, I don't think it's going to be enough to kind of get them into the top four. I think they're just going to miss out. Well, if this is to be the case, Manchester United are going to need to drop points at the Vitality Stadium. Then again, with Bournemouth being on the beach, Craig, does an away win and perhaps even an extra element of a clean sheet odds of 7-4 to four sound of interest to you? It does, yeah. This time you've got it spot on, Dan. Um, definitely the right direction. I think, to me, Bournemouth are one of those teams that will be absolutely thrilled with what they've done this season. And Remember a few weeks back we were speaking about Fulham and how they sort of dropped off uh, before, before they've actually started playing all right again. But... What we said is that wherever Fulham finish, you know, they can just finish 17th if they want. They would still be thrilled with the season. And in many ways, Bournemouth are the same now. It doesn't matter what happened. You know, if Bournemouth happened to drop a couple of places now, that that's fine. Bournemouth will be thrilled with what's happened this season. They don't really care what happens from here. You know, it doesn't affect anything. Um, I think Manchester United, we've seen them sort of grind out a few wins this season. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy. But I think they've got enough to sort of go down there and grab a, a narrow 1-0, maybe 2-0 win. Um, and, and sort of in, in terms of the top four, like secure that as, as we thought of, maybe thought they would. Not necessarily running through the line and impressing, but maybe stumbling over it and sort of being lucky the fact that there isn't another five games left instead of two games because Liverpool, I think if Liverpool would have caught them had we been going on for another four or five games. But yeah, I think Manchester United win. And, and as I say, I think they'll just sort of stumble over the line. And Jamie, you can also get the away win and under 3.5 total goals at odds of 8-5 to five before kickoff. So is this where your money would be going? Yeah, well, look, once again, Craig's kind of mentioned there, a 1-0, 2-0 win for Man United. I do think they'll just about come on top. I'm, I'm certainly backing them here. I think for Bournemouth, you know, the season's obviously over for them. They've done fantastically well to stay up. But look, the last two matches, I thought they were really poor against Chelsea. Obviously lost against Crystal Palace as well. Um, and look, the United side have lots to fight for. This is a must-win game for them. I don't think Bournemouth are going to put up much of a fight here. Um, I think in terms of contributing to the game, in, in terms of goals, um, I don't think they're going to do that, Bournemouth. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring Man United win. So uh, yeah, this is definitely one I'd, I'd be backing. OK, then before we move on any further, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, a massive week of football, and it's only fair that the correct score comes from the biggest game of the week. Uh, so I'm going to go with Barnsley 3, Bolton 1, which is 16-1. to 1. Um, I just get the feeling that 
Barnsley are going to edge this, and that scoreline maybe shows that it's going to be a comfortable win, but I don't think it will be. What I can see is that Barnsley are ahead, sort of last 10 or 15 minutes. Bolton throwing everything at us, and Barnsley going up the other end and scoring. If you think back to a couple of months ago when Barnsley were on Sky against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, they were winning 3-2, and I'll, I'll remember, remember it for all, all the rest of my life. Uh, the centre-half, Liam Kitchen, sprinting the length of the field to score a goal and make it 4-2 on the counter-attack. Um, Barnsley do counter-attack very quickly with whoever is available, whether that's a centre-half or, or anyone. Um, so I can just see Barnsley being ahead, Bolton throwing everything at us, and then us going up the other end and scoring to finish it off at the end. So, yeah, 3-1 to Barnsley at 16-1 to for me. OK, and Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, look, I'm going to back another Brighton win. I think obviously a side who are pushing for the Europa League. I think they are going to get it. And uh, they face Southampton. Um, and I think it's going to be a big win for them. Obviously, a Southampton side already down. Uh, so I'm going to go for a 3-0 win at uh, odds of 15-2. to two. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's pop up some more headlines now. And first up, it's the Europa League semi-finals. First up, it's Sevilla versus Juventus. We really like the look of the 4-1 away win last week. We nearly had it, but a late Juventus goal spoiled that. So with the scores being 1-1 on one aggregate, Craig, do you see Sevilla reaching another Europa League final? I do, yeah. And um, when we were speaking about Real Madrid earlier on, I mentioned them in the show and, and I mentioned them the fact that they're made for this competition. Uh, they just seem... You know, you can argue whether this is right or wrong, but they just seem to get the extra sort of 10%, 15% from their players when they play in the Europa League. Um, if you're a fan of them, then you're probably not happy with that because of their league performance this season. But it, but it's a fact. Um, I just get the feeling that I felt last week that Juventus needed to, with a team that needed to bring a lead here to, to try and keep hold of. And they haven't done that. And for that reason, I, I do think that Sevilla are going to win this game. Um you know, look at them on paper. There's perhaps not the biggest difference in quality between the two teams. You could put an argument there that Juventus are maybe the slightly better side. Um, but I just think that the desire to win this, the familiarity with the competition, home fans behind them, I think that all means that Sevilla go through for me. Now, Jamie, you called the Roma win and under 2.5 goals spot on as they earned an important first leg advantage over Bayer Leverkusen. Would you be tempted by more of the same on Thursday when they go to the Bay Arena? Odds of six to one. Yeah, well, look, we've obviously spoken about uh, you know people or teams knowing a competition and, and obviously knockout football. And Jose Mourinho, very much one of those coaches who knows how to navigate uh, knockout football. Done well in all these competitions, obviously Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference League winner. Um, and I think he's going to get to the final here. Um, look, in terms of both teams, it's been a big drop off um, in the league from both by Leverkusen, just one win in five. Roma, they're without a win in five. So, yeah, league form's not been great for either. Um, I think this one's going to be another closely contested battle. Um, I think both, you know, it's going to be two sides who are very strong defensively. They're both averaged less than one goal conceded per game this season. So, defensively, both teams are very strong. Um, and I think that Roma will uh, get the job done here. I think it will end as a draw this game overall. Um, and obviously, that would see Roma advance. I think it's going to be a low score on one. I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals as well. So combining a draw um, and under 2.5, uh, you can get 3-1. to one. Now, West Ham's trip to Alkmaar is up next. And Craig, a draw for the Hammers would be enough to see them through to the Europa Conference League final. Would you take that at odds of 12-5 to five, or do you see things panning out differently? Yeah, it'd be, be tricky for David Moyes this. As I don't think you can really go there and play for a draw. And I think that's even more so because I do think there's going to be goals in this game. Um, the bet that I'm going to put forward is a West Ham win 
and both teams to score, which is four to one. Um, so, so just a, a big sort of bigger price for interest, really, because I think it's a, a very difficult game to have a bet on. Um, I see both teams scoring. I think Altmar will chase the game in the closing stages, and sort of, as I've sort of alluded to about Barnsley and Bolton, I could see West Ham nicking one on the break to win it. Um, not that they need to go there and win it, but just to just to get that other goal for a bit of uh, a bit of a cushion, really. Um, I think West Ham are set up quite well to counter with pace. So rather than going with the draw or trying to pick a winner, I think it's a, a very awkward game to bet on. I'll go with West Ham to win, both teams to score, maybe a draw with 20 minutes to go, Altmar throwing everything at West Ham and West Ham nicking one on the break. Now, Jamie, the Hammers are also in action on Sunday as they welcome Leeds. Could Big Sam pounce on a West Ham side that has a busy schedule? They need a win to have any chance of staying up. Can they get it at odds of two to one? Um, look, I, th- I think Leeds will get something here. I think they were very impressive against Newcastle on the weekend. Um, I think it's only going to be a point. Um, I don't think they're going to get all three. I th- you know, away from home against the kind of a resurgent West Ham side. Um, yes, of course, West Ham are in, in, in uh, European action on a Thursday, and that might kind of see them a little bit fatigue. Um, but I think they're going to get through in that game, and I think the, the London Stadium on the weekend is going to be bouncing. Um, and I think that will play a bit of a factor. Um, I, I just think, that given the fact that obviously West Ham are safe and, and Leeds are really fighting for something, I think that that will tell. And, um, you know, I, I see this ending as a draw. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to back Leeds to get a point here. Uh, and you can get that at 23 to 10. Of course, Everton may make things worse for Leeds if they win at Wolves on Saturday. Craig, the away win and potential safety is priced at 13 to 8. Can you see Sean Dyche's men getting closer to the safety line this weekend? Um, closer to safety, yes, but winning the game, no. Um, I think Everton will go away to Wolves. I think they'll be delighted with a point, and I think that's what they're going to bring back with them. Uh, they've done that at Leicester and Crystal Palace recently. Obviously, the huge win away at Brighton. So they are thriving sort of away from home, but when you look at Wolves, they're also playing very well at home. Um, they're winning, and they're winning with clean sheets, you know. Um, I just I don't know what I would do if I was Everton here. You know, do you... I think Everton's just going to go and play their game and hope for the best. But but ultimately, I think if the second half, they've got a point in the bag and they're heading into the second half, then they might want to try and protect that and keep that. Um, I'm going to go with the correct score here. I'm going to go with nil-nil at 17-2. to Not the three points that Everton want, but certainly not a disaster for them. Um, so, yeah, I just think this is going to be tight and cagey. The longer it goes without a goal, the, the even more tighter and cagey it'll be. Um, I think ultimately Everton will come away with a point. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst point anyway, but I guess it's all relative to what the teams around them do as well, because if everyone else is picking up zeros, that one point could be extra important. So I guess we need to see how the whole Premier League weekend pans out, but I don't think nil nil is the worst shout of the weekend. But, Jamie, the Roy Hodgson derby takes place on Saturday as Fulham play host the Crystal Palace. Now, the Cottagers have won their last two and have Alexander Mitrovic back in the fold. Is that enough for you mm. to back the home win at 11-8? to eight? Yeah, look, this is obviously a tricky one to call with both teams kind of not really fighting for too much. I think maybe they might have their eyes on on trying to secure the top half finish. I think for Fulham, they look like they've pretty much done that. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult one to call. As I said, both teams kind of seasons are done. Um, But I'm going to back Fulham here to kind of come out on top. Um, Look, Palace, they've lost both of the last two away matches. Um, Fulham, they've won their last two as well in, in a row. Obviously beaten Leicester and Southampton. And uh, I think they'll make it three against a, a Palace side who have kind of struggled on the road this season. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for a Fulham win here. 
While there's a London derby between Tottenham and Brentford on Saturday, Craig, I cannot find any reason to back Spurs between now and the end of the season. Can you, or is your money going towards the Bees? I mean, if we're not sat here recording a betting podcast, then this is a game that has got no bet written <laughs> all over it. There is absolutely zero reason to put any of your money down on, on this game whatsoever. Um, there, there is no reason to be back in Spurs. You're right. There, there's absolutely zero reason why you would fancy them at all to win this game, um, especially at the price they're at, just odds on. Um, but I think you could argue the same, maybe a little bit with Brentford. Um, they are still picking up points, but they're doing it from the beach. You know, they're, they're delighted with how this season's gone. They're, they're winding down slightly, but still maintaining a, a fair level of form. Um if you're looking for where the value is, I think three to one for Brentford's where the value is. I'm not going to be rushing in, um, but I think if you are having a bet on this game, that you can be talked into backing Brentford at three to one far more easier than you can be talked into backing Spurs at most prices, but especially not around evens. Um, so yeah, if if, you, if you've got the <laughs> proverbial gun to my head, I'm going with Brentford at three to one. Okay, and Jamie, you've already backed Brentford to win earlier in the show, so let's step away from the game and talk about the fact that Tottenham still don't have a manager. It's no Julian Nagelsmann, but what about Thomas Frank? The short's 5-1 to one with one high-profile bookmaker. That price is definitely shortened, but would you be happy with the Dane? Yeah, well, obviously, look as well, no sporting director in place, so it's kind of a mess at Spurs at the moment. Very much a lot of uncertainty around, you know, what's going to happen next season. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with our star striker, Harry Kane, as well. Um, so, yes, it's obviously a difficult time to be a Spurs fan. Um, unfortunately, often is. Um, but look, at that. I think on Thomas Frank, I think he's a good manager. Um, obviously, Premier League proven. I think he would fit the Spurs, you know, Spurs squad in terms of, you know, we've very been uh, set up in terms of uh, playing with a back three. And obviously, we've seen Thomas Frank do that very well at Brentford. So, I think he could come in and, and, uh, and do well there. Um, other managers I think are worth looking at. Uh, Ruben Amarim, obviously currently at Sporting Lisbon. I think he's done a very good job um, over in Portugal. Um, he's definitely worth a look. He's 25 to 1 at the moment. Um, I know he's a manager that Spurs like a lot. Um, and obviously know him very well, having faced him in the Champions League. Seen what he can do, obviously knocked Arsenal out in the Europa League as well. So um, he's definitely worth keeping an eye on, especially at that price. Um, Arno Slot is, a, is another pick. Obviously, he's the favourite. Um, he's a guy who I kind of mentioned a few weeks ago as, as someone to keep an eye on. Um, I know he's liked a lot at Spurs. I think he kind of fits what Spurs are looking for in terms of a young up-and-coming manager. Done incredibly well at final. They've just won the league. Um, they look like they're going to try and offer him a new contract. I don't think they, he's going to sign that because I, I, or he might might opt to sign it. But look, if Spurs were to come in, they could certainly kind of um, blow that offer out the water in terms of what final they're going to offer him. So that could be an interesting one. But uh, yeah, as I said, it's it's, uh, it's difficult to know what's going to happen at the moment with no director of football in place. Um, so yeah, obviously, and and of course, when the season ends. A lot of these managers that I've just mentioned, you know, Thomas Frank, Ruben Amarim, Arne Slot, they're all managers that are kind of with clubs at the moment. So it's going to be about ending the season. You know, when the season's done, I think we'll know a bit more. But uh, yeah, those are maybe the three managers that I'd look to keep an eye on, or, or certainly those two, Ruben Amarim and uh, Arne Slot. OK, then let's just wrap up the rest of the Premier League weekend. A Premier League team on double duty is Brighton. They play host to an already relegated Southampton. Craig, what is the best bet you can offer the listeners before kickoff? Yeah, the, the little tease is to listen for another minute because uh, the best bet's coming up very shortly. But uh, I'll give another one as well. Um, I think Brighton's going to absolutely dominate this. Um, I think 
there's been a bit of a sort of a bad vibe around Southampton for some time now. They're finally officially relegated. Um, it was only a matter of time. It's not like they were fighting to stay up or anything. There's going to be a hell of a lot of moving pieces in the summer. Um, this is a team that's not really going to be in a sort of right frame of mind for this clash against a team in Brighton who, who you know, they're still pushing for European football, are in a very good season, will want to end things very well. Um, I'm going to go with a correct score for now, and I'll give you uh, Brighton to win 3 0, just as they did against Arsenal, which is 15 to 2. I think that's the minimum they'll win by, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but then the, the other main bet's coming up very shortly. I like that. Keep your powder dry. And Jamie, your double duty takes you back to St James's as Newcastle play host to Leicester. Mm. The Foxes may be relegated before Monday night, but what is the best bet you have up your sleeve? Yeah, well, look, Leicester, another club where there just seems to be a very bad vibe at the moment. I think, you know, they've very much got the, the wrong appointment there. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very difficult game for them. Obviously, going to Newcastle, um, I think this is going to be a big Newcastle win. I think they'll win this pretty emphatically. Um, so I'm going to look to the handicap market. I'm going to go for a minus two and Newcastle win um, at five to two. As I said, I think Newcastle will comfortably win this. They'll win this by, you know, a couple of goals here. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for a minus two Newcastle win at five to two. OK, then it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We'll pick a leg each. We combine it into an acre. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Ever so slightly above evens, um, but there's not much games to choose from. So I'm going to go with Brighton to win to nil against Southampton, which is 11 to 10. I just think Brighton are going to absolutely dominate this game. They're playing a Southampton team, as I've sort of just mentioned. There's there's been a bad vibe around that team for a while now. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes in the summer. There's a lot of players there that just want to get things over and done with. I don't think they're going to offer anything in these last couple of games. And I think they're against a team, Brighton, who who can take full advantage of that. That When Brighton are good, they're very good. Um, and I think they've got more than enough to score plenty past Southampton here. And at the same time, I, I just can't see Southampton offering much going forward. So, yeah, it's a, a Brighton win to nil, which is 11 to 10 for me. Sounds good. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go to Italy for my pick. And I'm going to go for Atalanta to beat Verona at 8 to 15. Um, I think the, the really interesting what's going on in Italy in terms of the race for European spots. Um, I think Atalanta, they're sat just outside um, the European Conference League spot at the moment, but they could even still secure a fifth place with, with a win if they would get out on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's something to definitely keep an eye on, how the Champions League places are going to be settled, um, how the obviously the other European spots are going to be settled there. But Atalanta, as I said, they're a side who are pushing for Europe. Uh, they've won three of their last five. Um, the host of Verona side who have really been struggling, the side who could go down this season, they're 18th in the table. They've lost two of their last three matches. Um, so I'm going to back them to lose another here against Atalanta at 8-15. to OK, then I'm going to swing back to the Premier League. I'm off to the Vitality Stadium as Bournemouth by host to Manchester United. The Cherries are now on the beach after results elsewhere means that Gary O'Neill's men have avoided relegation at the end of the season. And with that will come a natural drop when it comes to intensity. And with Manchester United not quite over the top four line, they're going to look to build on their rather routine win at home to Wolves last weekend. United weren't brilliant against Wolves, but they didn't have to be either. I think the same kind of performance will be just fine at the weekend. And this is why I'm backing the away win odds of 1-2. to two. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Um, really nervy about Friday already. So next week's podcast, I'll either be bouncing off the walls 
a few days away from Wembley um, or, or probably not wanted to talk much about football. Uh, but we'll see what happens when we get there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some great football on over the next few days. Pretty much non-stop now until the end of the season. Uh, big games all over the place, whether you're sort of Champions League, Premier League, down into the League One and League Two, if, if that sort of floats your boat. Um, yeah, loads to look forward to, loads to be excited about and, and one, one game to be nervous about. It's going to be one of those weeks where relationships are going to be tested up and down the country. More football. Yes, that's right. More football's on tonight. But that's, that's it. It's like the World Cup all over again. Just football, football, football. And Jamie, as always, thanks for your time and sharing your betting mm. insights with me. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And look, obviously, turning my attentions away from Spurs, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what Barnsley can do. As I said, I do think they can do it and they will end up in that, that Wembley final. I'm really hoping they can do it. But uh, yeah, obviously... Lots of other football to look forward to as well. As I said, really looking forward to tonight's Champions League game. I hope it's a really good one between Man City and, and, and Real Madrid. Lots of other Premier League, you know, exciting Premier League action as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. Up the tykes. Right, cheers, guys. And also to listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>